0: Happy Tuesday. Pete Calliner here, the Pete Calliner Show on uh, WBT, and you can uh, participate if you would like at 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Um, is this like one of—it's got to be. Is this like one of those really, really big rooms that Donald Trump is in, where the walls are just constantly closing in on him but never— i guess crush him is that the idea that the walls close in and then you get crushed is that what happens so uh like the like the trash compactor scene in star wars so it's the only thing i could determine after all this time and all of the accusations and none of the convictions (laughs) against donald trump is that the the room that he is in is just really really large the walls are moving very very slowly I, i have no other explanations Unless, of course, it's just all you know hyperbole, but it would never be that. Our media would never engage in that kind of hyperbole. But I have to think that Joe Biden and maybe Hunter Biden as well might be in a similarly sized room or, or maybe smaller, maybe bigger. Don't know. Maybe the walls are moving more slowly. Maybe they're moving more quickly. I don't know. I haven't really been able to tell because there hasn't been any coverage of these stories in the legacy media outlets, um, yeah, I mean that's, I mean it's part of the Democrat privilege. Yes, you don't get the the kind of coverage that uh, you would get if you were a Republican. But we now have another development. This one comes from Fox News. What? First off, do you remember that time or two when President Joe Biden? said something to the effect of he never talks to his son about his business dealings. Do you remember all of that? I remember that. Apparently, not true. Example number 73. Um, Yeah, apparently not true. In the latest report from Fox News, a client of Hunter Biden's now defunct firm visited the White House multiple times during the Obama administration, including visits with then-Vice President Joe Biden. Interesting. So Hunter Biden brought one of his clients to meet Dad at the White House. But Dad didn't have any discussions or dealings with Hunter Biden about his business at all, except for the times when he brought his clients to visit him. Once again... Every time we talk about this story and what exactly is the Biden family business, it is influence peddling. It is making connections between people. You pay me some money and I give you some connections. I, I make some introductions for you. And this story that I'm going to give you the details on right now, perfect illustration of it. A perfect illustration of it. You've got Hunter bringing one of his buddies, who happens to also be a donor to Joe Biden's campaign. The guy's name is Nicholas Rohattin. Roh-Rohattin. Ooh, Rotten? Really? Nick Rotten? R-O-H-A-T-Y-N. I mean, yes, I, I'm getting a little creative with the pronunciation, but you just don't ever know in these th- in these cases. So I'm going to go with Nick Rotten. So Rotten is a Biden a Biden donor, and he is also the founder and CEO of the Rotten Group, which sounds totally above board, especially with the pronunciation I have given it. So Nick Rotten met with Biden and visited the White House several times when Biden was Veep, and when Hunter's now defunct a uh, company called Rosemont Seneca Partners or RSP for short was overseeing his his hedge fund accounts right cuz Hunter Biden he was a global financier he was a hedge fund whiz kid right aside from being right the brilliant international gas and exploration guru that Burisma just needed to have on their board of directors because of his expertise right he was also a hedge fund manager and so uh nick rotten was using rosemont seneca partners which is now defunct i wonder what happened to those hedge funds anyway rotten's business relationship with hunter appears to have started in march of 2010 when hunter and another guy who was the president of rsp rosemont seneca a guy by the name of eric schwerin schwerin Swearing, really swearing? Okay, so yeah, Hunter and Swearing, their client is rotten, uh, and uh, they discuss inviting him to a quote Mexico lunch, a Mexico lunch, which is totally cultural appropriation. No, actually, it's it is a it's a state dinner. At the White House, I don't know why they call it a lunch if it's a state dinner. But who am I to judge these things? Maybe it's a cultural deal. I don't know. Um, but the timeline matches up because their initial correspondence was around March was in March of 2010, and on May 19th, there was a lunch at the White House as part of this Mexico state visit. So that lines up. Months later, July 14th, Nick Rotten attended a policy dinner in New York City. And this one was hosted by Hunter Biden and Chris Hines. Name ring a bell? Hines? Catch up? That's right, John F. Kerry, who served in Vietnam. Exactly, that's his stepdad. Chris Hines' stepdad is John Kerry. Emails planning the dinner suggest that the dinner was designed to, quote, bring an interesting and diverse group of people together and get some informative discussions going, including a number of interesting financial, political, and labor folks. That, according to Hunter Biden. Some of the confirmed attendees, New York Governor David Patterson, Pennsylvania Treasurer Rob McCord, who yeah, nobody knows, um, CFO of the New York State United Teachers Union, named Bert Lesniewski. Chris Chief, who I believe you know, was with the Change to Win and now is executive director of the Clean, Econom- uh, sorry, Clean Economy Development Center. Um, and so they got rotten into this group, into this uh, policy dinner in New York, right? So they're 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 making the introductions. Two months later, Rosemont Seneca's office manager, Joan Pugh. Okay, come on now. Really? Seriously? These are the these are the names of the main stars of this story. Rotten, Swearing, and Pugh. Come on. Joan Pugh emails Hunter Biden about an upcoming meeting between Rotten and then Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers at the White House later that day, saying Biden could also meet with Rotten. Quote, your dad can meet with Nick before his 145 meeting with Secretary Summers. Interesting. The next day, Rotten wrote to Hunter saying, He enjoyed visiting with his dad. And so there's your further proof that Joe Biden lied about his business dealings and knowledge of the business that Hunter Biden was running. Because of course he was. Joe Biden was the product. Of course he knew the deal. Of course he knew what the business was about. It's about favors and introductions. White House visitor logs show that Rotten made three other visits between 09 and 2010. Two of the visits were in 2009 with Summers. He's also listed as attending an Alvin Ailey reception at Biden's residence on February 1st. And it's unclear what his relationship with Hunter Biden or Joe Biden was at that time. Later that year, Hunter Biden introduces Rotten to then Washington, D.C. Mayor Adrian Fenty and Greg Penner, who runs Madrone Capital. Madrone Capital. Greg Penner is married to Carrie Walton. Name ring a bell? The basketball player from the Celtics. Exactly. No, it's not. No, it's not that. It's right. It's the Walmart family. This is the business. The business is the connections. Radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners, all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at CarolinaReadiness.com. That's CarolinaReadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Fox News reporting on a series of emails between Hunter Biden and one of his buds talking business the guy's name is Nick Rotten and he and Rotten or Rohaten or Rotahin Rahaden whatever it's R O H A T Y N i'm going with sort of a european pronunciation of rotten like a like dutch maybe a little norwegian thrown in rotten and so a number of emails that they have uh that they have uh, documented here the back and forth and the lining up of meetings between rotten and joe biden all throughout joe biden's tenure as vice president and it continued after he was out of office and then but and then when he got back into office but after vice president remember and then he, his son Bo dies Bo biden dies he says i'm not going to run for president But in 2010, there was one particular exchange uh, that I thought you should know about. Because Fox doesn't know what this is a reference to. It's unclear what Rotten and Hunter are referring to, okay? But here's what Rotten says to Hunter. More than happy to see him, talking about Joe. More than happy to see him, by all means, just send him my details and tell him to get in touch directly. I have been giving it a bit more thought and would love to chat. No risk to the Bidens, since your dad would be a great leader for it. Just so I don't make a misstep, is there any logic in me filling him in on our biz? Is it the kind of thing the family office is interested in? I assume, given their move into Africa recently, it might be, but please let me know what you think. In the latter years of the Obama administration, Hunter appeared to be in contact with Rotten even more frequently. He arranged a meeting between Rotten and Joe in New York City after Rotten said he was trying to get a new terminal at uh, LaGuardia Airport named after his father, Felix Rotten, who served as former President Clinton's ambassador to France. And was a prolific donor to Democrats. He passed away in December of 2019. And he was trying to get to see Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, a.k.a. the LoveGov, so he could ask him to name the new terminal at LaGarbage for his dad while he was still alive. I don't think that ever happened, actually. Hunter says, I'll gladly ask dad if he'll weigh in. They have a good relationship. And Bo and the governor were close if you'll be in the area, I'd love for you to get a chance to say hi to dad. It's easy to arrange. Hunter then arranged it. And then later that day, Rotten sent him a message thanking him for arranging the meeting. He apparently visited the White House again in January 2017 before the Obama administration ended. Saw Joe there again. Um, Sorry, we didn't have time to catch up. He says, I wanted to see if you or someone on your team wanted to meet with... Jonathan Lee. Anyway, if you want to be at the uh, job and recruitment fair, you want to set up a booth to attract some qualified, ready-to-work adults, well, then you need a booth and you need to call the hotline, the 704-548-7888 Charlotte Job and Recruitment Hotline. Once again, 704-548-7888 brought to you by Radio 1 Charlotte. Okay, so Nick Rotten apparently visits the White House in January of 2017, just as the Obama administration is ending. Okay, final days. Hunter Biden emails his buddy Nick Rotten and says, Oh, it was good to see you the other day at the White House. Sorry we didn't have more time to catch up, but as you can imagine, that day was pretty hectic, Hunter said. I wanted to see if you or someone on your team. Wanted to meet with Jonathan Lee. Right, okay. right, Jonathan Lee is the CEO of BHR Partners. I feel like I need to set up some sort of a firm called, I don't know, some acronym Partners. That seems to be what all the, all the cool kids are doing. So, this guy, he's the CEO of BHR Partners. That is a Chinese cross-border private equity fund that Rosemont Seneca helped to found, and of which uh, is a uh, we are a shareholder, Hunter Biden says. So this is a Chinese Communist Party business that Hunter is plugged into, remember the timing, while his dad is vice president. And he's trying to arrange a meet with one of his clients at the White House, right, who was visiting the White House. Like, oh, I totally need to hook you up with Jonathan Lee. Fox News Digital previously reported that Hunter Biden introduced his dad, Joe, to Lee during a trip to China in December 2013. At the time, Lee was the CEO of Chinese investment firm Bohai Capital. Before he took the helm at BHR Partners, a Beijing-backed private equity firm co-founded by Hunter Biden's business partner, Devon Archer, and controlled by Bank of China Limited. There is a press conference tomorrow. This press conference is going to be held by the uh, House Oversight Committee Republicans, uh, the chairman, James Comer. I think Chuck Grassley from the U.S. Senate is going to be over there as well. They are asking the Justice Department not to indict Hunter Biden until after the press conference tomorrow. I mentioned this yesterday. I have no insight on this whatsoever. I can see this as being a head fake, right, which is a sort of a briar patch. Don't throw me in the briar patch kind of move like. They don't have the goods. They don't have something solid. Although all of these leaks seem to indicate they do. But maybe that's the point, right? Maybe that's the point of the leaks. Maybe they cannot connect all of these dots yet, but they want the FBI to believe that they can. They want Hunter Biden to believe that they can. And so they're saying, whatever you do, don't indict him before tomorrow, before our press conference, because if you do that, then it's going to short circuit our thing. So don't do that. So of course... If you're looking to short circuit their investigation, you would go ahead and do it, right? You would file the indictments against Hunter Biden on the gun charge, which would be a slap on the wrist, which is what the Republicans say they don't want to see happen if he gets indicted. So please don't indict him right now because it'll just be a slap on the wrist. It'll take forever to litigate and it will short circuit our investigation. So are they saying that because they really don't want the DOJ to short circuit the investigation or are they saying it because they they got nothing? I don't know the answer to that. However, given the news over the last 24 hours that I've brought to you from different sources, it seems to me like they've got some pretty damning evidence. They've got some pretty damning evidence. We all know they're run, the Biden family business was influence. It was connections. These emails are further proof of that. What else do we have? Um, Oh, more, more evidence, more proof that the shooter out of the uh, uh, at the mall, the Outlet Mall in Allen, Texas, where eight people were killed, uh, that the 33-year-old gunman who was Hispanic was also a white supremacist, which is really confusing the partisan hacks. I mean, they. They like it's they're having a very hard time. They're having a very hard time connecting him to Republicans. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, people uh, on the right are having a hard time (laughs) squaring the fact that he's got Nazi uh, swastikas and SS tattoos all over his body. And he's gone on rants on social media. They're having a hard time squaring that as well. So so like everybody is thinking like there's something fishy about this and there really is a rational explanation for why it's it, it seems so weird. Because the dude was crazy. That's the explanation. He was crazy. Once again, people are trying to f- find some logical explanation for what he did, and there is not one. Dude was nuts. So nuts that the army kicked him out. Right? The, he, got, he got tossed. He washed out, like, within weeks. Now, m- my question is if they... If they booted him over mental health issues, why wasn't he red flagged, right? Why wasn't he reported this max of that same failure, dare I say it, (laughs) all right, quoteth Brett Winterbull. We're going to have to come up with a name for this. Like the the, uh, Winterbull axiom, Uh, the Winterbull rule, the system failed. Right, and It reminds me of, remember the Air Force guy that got kicked out of the Air Force because he was charged with domestic violence offenses? And he got booted from the Air Force and then they never reported this stuff to NICS, the National Background Check System. So they never, they never reported the information and he was able to go out and buy guns and then he went into a church and shot up the church. Remember that? It was also in Texas, if I recall correctly. So I'm curious, this guy, he gets booted From the from the military based on mental health concerns. But then he's able to, what, go and 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 get certified as a public uh, or as a a private security guard. Which in Texas. Like you actually have to get commissioned to do that. He was approved to work as a commissioned security guard in Texas from April 2016 through April of 2020. And when his license expired. He never reupped it at that point. He received level two and level three security training and include like firearms training, demonstration of firearm proficiency. So was he like, was he not reported to the NIC system by the military or did that not rise to the level? Why? Dishonorable discharge means you can't. Yeah, you don't get to conceal carry if you get a dishonorable discharge. So why would this be any different? You're a prohibited buyer. In 08, he was removed due to mental health concerns. That according to ABC. consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor there really is something for everyone at old grouch's military surplus in beautiful downtown clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. pete i'm from the bronx now residing in charlotte the name rotten is famous in the investment world of new york felix rotten was the guy credited in the mid-70s with saving new york city from bankruptcy when he headed the municipal assistance corporation Nicholas may be his son or grandson. I think it's his son. um, Google Felix to know more about him. He was staunch Democrat, very well known in the New York political orbit. Um, Yeah, that's why he was trying to get the LaGuardia uh, terminal named after his dad, Felix, before Felix passed away. Um, All right, so this uh, shooter in Allen, Texas, 33 years old. He was approved to work as a commissioned security guard in Texas from April 2016 until April 2020, when his license expired. He got level two and level three security training, and that includes firearms training and demonstration of firearm proficiency. But the suspect appears to have had a history of mental illness, also an online history, which is described as neo-Nazi material. The U.S. Army in 2008 removed him due to mental health concerns. According to law enforcement sources that talk to ABC News, um, he had the patch right wing death squad, but it says R.W.D.S. It's a patch right between two other patches uh, of Punisher that, you know, the little skeleton head uh, logo. So that was his. The guy was publishing photos onto some uh, social media site I have never heard of apparently based out of russia and had all sorts of i mean he basically put his entire plan up onto this social media site if we are to believe it was him right which it seems to be pretty clear that it what all the evidence points him unless that's of course what people were trying to make us think but that's the (laughs) yeah uh they're trying to figure out What motive he might have had here, and they're examining his social media profile, it is rife with hate-filled rants against women and black people. Again, the shooter was Hispanic. Uh, The profile found on the social media site OK.ru. Have you ever heard of this? OK.ru? .ru means it's out of Russia. But the profile matches the gunman's birthday, refers to a motel where he was staying before the shooting, The profile also includes language praising Hitler with references to neo-Nazi websites like the Daily Stormer. Um, I saw one post of his allegedly uh, where he is celebrating mass shootings. The online profile has several pictures showing a black tactical vest with the patches. The profile includes a screenshot from Google Maps showing Uh, The time at which the mall, where the shooting took place, was likely to be the busiest. Have you ever been onto Google reviews or you go onto their maps and you find their location and it'll show you hours of operation, you know, the busiest times where people are at this place? He He had that and he posted that. The writer of the post suggests several times that they are Hispanic. At one point, indicating they are originally from Mexico. There is a clear embrace, though, of white supremacy. He said white people and Hispanics have a lot in common. <laughs> well, that proves he's basically Donald Trump's hired assassin. Right. That's what we're to believe. Dude had pictures of his tattoos. He had the uh, the SS, the stormtroopers, you know, the SS uh, logo on one of his like on the left side, I want to say, of his chest, or maybe his arm, I forget. And it, it had to be, I don't know, six inches, eight inches tall. And then he had a big old swastika on the other side of his chest. Oh, I guess that one was probably over his heart, right on that pectoral. Very large. Very large. Um, Dude was a Nazi fanboy. The profile shows tons of evidence of planning. He also had a YouTube channel, That had a single video that he had apparently scheduled to appear. And I can tell you, this is how you do it. If you're going to do like a live stream, you're going to do a, or you want, you record a video and you want to post it. You can schedule it to post, to publish at a certain time. And he had done so. And the time that it was scheduled to appear would have been right after the shooting. But YouTube has apparently taken it down, so we don't get to see what the video was. But that's part of it as well. So, now we have more information about the guy, but once again, I just point out, dude was crazy and evil, which really is the similarity in every single one of these cases. They are evil and insane.